0: How can I know God is real? What does the Bible say about politics? Why does a good God allow suffering? If you have questions about faith, life or culture, don't be afraid to ask. This This is is Ask with David Dean. G'day everyone, Dave Dean here. And our question for the week is, what is evangelicalism? In the book of Jude, we have an interesting statement. Jude says... In this short section, Jude explains his intention that he wanted to write a letter about the common salvation of the Christian faith, I guess like the Apostle Paul when he wrote his letter to the Roman church, but he was not able to do so because something else, some other priority had come up that compelled him to redirect the focus of his letter— And that priority was the need to encourage Christians to defend the fundamentals of the Christian faith, which were being attacked by false teachers and misinformation. So Jude was burdened for the priority to rediscover the meaning of the Christian faith that Christians may defend and contend for it. And I want to argue today that there is also a pressing need to rediscover the meaning of the word evangelical or evangelicalism. We must press for a definition once more. And what I want to propose here in response to this question is not really a complete answer to you know, what is an evangelical, but a few different angles that I think we need to begin with as we consider something of a, a full-orbed response to this question. So what is evangelicalism? Well, it's interesting that the late evangelist Billy Graham, who's sometimes set up as the quintessential evangelical was asked this very question in an interview back in 1987 and he responded to the interviewer saying, quote, actually, that's a good question. I'd like to ask somebody too. Now, granted, Billy said that, you know, over three decades ago and a lot has transpired since then, but the general lack of consensus as to what is meant by the term evangelical or evangelicalism still remains to a degree today. The word evangelicalism means many things to many people. For some, evangelicalism is a blanket pejorative label, a trigger term for blind fundamentalist anti-intellectualism. For others, it is basically synonymous with reformed theology or Protestantism more generally. And for others, it is more or less of a cultural term expressing a person's alignment with certain social groups and political ideas, particularly within Anglo-America. But still, I think there are a few helpful things that we can consider to orient us towards something of an answer, because evangelicalism is multifaceted. There are different angles that we can approach this question. For example, we could look at evangelicalism from the origin of the word. This angle views evangelicalism by an understanding of its etymology, specifically the Greek word euangelion for gospel, you, good, angelos, messenger, or messenger of good news, like an angel. So technically or etymologically, evangelicalism is defined as a people, Evangels, those who tell others the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. In this sense, we might say that all professing Christians are evangelicals to the degree that they obey the words of scripture which call Christians to share the good news of Jesus. But etymology, while it has a foundational role in understanding, it's only a role, it's only a part Because the meaning of words are not exclusively determined by their origins. For example, in the early church, Christians were called atheists because they didn't believe in the Greek and Roman gods. But clearly, that's not what we mean by the word atheist today. There is a historical contingency in the way words are used and therefore the meaning of those words. And similarly, the use of the term evangelical, it's a limiting term. It's an exclusive term which denominates something and therefore excludes something else. It's not a word, therefore, to define Christianity in general, but a certain approach to Christianity in particular. So we must press on in our inquiry. And that takes us to a second angle. We could look at evangelicalism from history. This angle views evangelicalism by an understanding of basically its movement as a historic global phenomenon of trans or interdenominational Protestantism. Key examples of this are the Great Awakenings of the UK and the US from the 19th century on, and public figures such as Wesley Whitfield, Edwards, Graham, Stott, Lloyd-Jones, and others who emphasised the centrality of gospel proclamation and Christian conversion, the idea of being "quote born again. Basically, this angle considers evangelicalism from the sweep of history, revival, and the strong commitment that it has had to issues even of social justice, not only recently but also back in modern history to the abolition of slavery and so on. And this angle from history, it's also helpful in giving us something of an understanding of the various denominational streams that have come out of evangelicalism more broadly, such as pietism, Puritanism, Quakerism, Presbyterianism and so on. A third angle to look at evangelicalism is from the standpoint of doctrine. This angle views evangelicalism by an understanding of its core beliefs, which stem back to certainly the Protestant Reformation, but even before by association with thinkers such as Augustine and others. It was Martin Luther, the pioneer of the Protestant Reformation, who used the term, quote, evangelical church, at least in German, to express the idea of this breakaway movement that he was attempting to push for, Uh, this recapturing of the authentic Christianity of Jesus by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, and the apostles as represented in the Gospels and other New Testament texts. So from a doctrinal angle, evangelicalism emphasizes things like, again, the authority of Scripture and the proclamation of the Gospel consisting in salvation. And, you know, through the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, The name evangelical, it was adopted and used widely by educated conservative Christians who armed the so-called fundamentals of the faith, for example, the the deity of Christ, the authority of the Bible, the importance of personal conversion, but who wished to be distinguished from the perceived anti-intellectual separatist tendencies of the fundamentalist movement of the 1920s and 30s. So, you know, individuals such as Billy Graham, certainly Carl F. Henry and others, and various institutions such as Moody Bible Institute, Wheaton College and and Fuller Theological Seminary, they all played key roles in this development. And a fourth and final angle that we could look at evangelicalism is from the public perspective of social and political activism. Now, this angle views evangelicalism by an understanding of its public engagement on social and political issues, something we've seen more and more of over the last couple of decades, particularly within the US context where evangelicalism has a strong Republican partisanship. Now, recently, there has been a clear foci of evangelicalism and Christian right politics that have given rise to phenomena such as so-called evangelical Trumpism but evangelical social and political action is not necessarily new. I mean, this goes right back to things like the abolition of slavery, uh, the 1925 Scopes trial, the landmark US Supreme Court ruling in Roe v. Wade, and so on. So anyway, summing this all up, there are four angles, I think, there that help move us towards something of a full-orbed understanding of what is evangelicalism. The meaning of the word, history, doctrine, and social and political activism. And to pull some of these threads together by way of application to the current state of evangelicalism today, I just want to say two brief things before wrapping up. First, obviously the above angles aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. Being different angles of the same thing, after all, means that there is some sort of overlap there. But I think it's important that we be very clear which angle we are coming from when we find ourselves asking or being asked about evangelicalism. You know, evangelicalism historically understood umbrellas all sorts of denominational differences by the unified cause to know Christ and to make him known. And this reality of diversity within the unity of Christ is a beautiful and biblical truth about the church. It is a natural consequence of free and public proclamation of the gospel to Pantata Ethne, every people group, Matthew 28, 19. Sadly, however, when these differences become more important than the unity that we have in Christ, the atomization of the, quote, common faith that Jude spoke about makes the beauty of diversity into an ugly tribal factionalism. And this is closely connected to a second point of conclusion that I would like to make I think the four different angles that we've sketched here give at least a starting point for critical inquiry into the evidence splintering of the worldwide evangelical church today. To give just one example, I think the fourth angle there of understanding evangelicalism by its social and political activity more or less denominates public and popular opinion of evangelicals today. So in that sense, it's almost like angle four has come to cloud angles one, two, and three, the meaning of the word evangelicalism, the history of evangelicalism, and fundamentally the core doctrinal beliefs of evangelicalism. These are largely forgotten today or overlooked because evangelicalism is almost exclusively understood in culture for its contributions on a select few social and political issues. Now, on the one hand, this is kind of to be expected. I mean, unless somebody is within the evangelical church, they're only really going to see or interact with or hear from evangelicals as they step out and speak in the public square. But the sad reality is this isn't just outside the church. This is very much within evangelicalism today as certain theological nodes and ecclesial cultures have either loosened to liberalism or ratcheted to fundamentalism on a select few social and political issues. It's a peculiar problem within contemporary evangelical churches today that if you voted for person X or have a personal view on social issue Y, then it is enough to draw conclusions about your theology, your doctrine, your piety, your love of Jesus, your regard for the scriptures, and your, before you know it, pigeonholed, if not cancelled outright altogether. This kind of identity politics and cancel cultural attitude, it's sad to see that within the church. It's also a fearful thing because the book of Revelation has a lot to say about a church that looks and smells more like the world than it does the bride of Christ. Activism invariably ebbs and flows in a tidal sea of social and political possibilities. But the truth, goodness and beauty of Christianity is in part the surety of its foundation, which does not change. If we are content with the succinctity of Stanley J. Grenz when he writes, to be, quote, evangelical means to be centred on the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, end quote, then evangelicals should be a people who stand out in the world as different Because where culture descends into tribal warring, evangelicals have a Judah like common faith that means we aren't defined by our passionate disagreements, but the passion of our agreement in the person and work of Jesus Christ. I do not mean to downplay the significance and importance of engaging in political and social activity, but this is a very personal issue for me. Speaking as an evangelical Christian myself, I want to call evangelicals today back to our first love. Let's not put stumbling blocks to belief before those outside the church and not before brothers and sisters within the church. The New Testament is rich with commentary on what are and what are not disputable matters. We just need to read it, we just need to hear it, and we just need to heed it, that we might be a people who are above all kingdom-minded, gospel-focused, Christ-conscious, and therefore selective, deliberate, and intentional in the content and conduct of our political and social activism. And we don't need to look beyond the model of Jesus himself in the Gospels for how to go about that. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Saviour through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Do you have a question about Christian beliefs, theology, doctrine, philosophy, or culture. Don't be afraid to ask. Go to drcdean.com forward slash ask. That's Dean with an E.